Dear Father in heaven, we bow before you now. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for the word of God as I come to teach it tonight. I make it known that I'm not trusting in human abilities to teach, but I'm trusting in you. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp a revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing power and love to each person's mind under the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, that you will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling fear. And we'll be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that's revealed and received in Jesus' name. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. All right, we are discussing or studying the subject of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And uh, this is part eight in our series, Who is the Holy Spirit? And, um, you know, we're living in a world that has many different challenges, uncertainties, confusion, many fears, many dangers. And if ever there was a time that we need to be able to tap into the Holy Spirit and all that He has for us, it's today. There's never been a time like this in history. Never. And um, we can't do without Him. You know, Jesus said to His disciples, it's important for you that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come to you. If I don't go, He, he won't come. He can't come. So Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit can do a better job for you than I can. And he was doing everything they wanted, everything they needed. He was taking care of it all. Provide all their clothes, all their food. He gave them wisdom, direction, healing. Everything they wanted, Jesus met that need. But he said, the Holy Spirit will do a better job. Why? Because he'll do it exactly the same, but he goes with everybody wherever they go. Wherever they go. It's with all of us at the same time around the world, every believer. Amen? It's like having Jesus with every person who believes in him wherever they go around the world. Every Christian. Like Jesus with them personally all the time. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? Amen. So he'll guide us today. He'll, he'll provide for us today. Protect us from all danger and harm and deception. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you to get the series that I've done on this subject and listen to it. It's on demand. You can go on demand on, on our website and also on YouTube and watch the whole series. And I encourage you to do so. All right. Today we're going to study further the Holy Spirit's willingness to guide us through life. Say that the Holy Spirit is willing... To guide me throughout my life. All right, our first example is found in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. And we learn that the Holy Spirit appeared to the Israelites as a great pillar of fire to guide them at nighttime and a great pillar of cloud to guide them in the daytime. And they were traveling from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land of milk and honey. 
all three million of the Israelites came out of Egypt, led by Moses, and they were on their journey to the promised land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Now that's all types and shadows. You see, Egypt is a type and example of us being in Satan's kingdom. Colossians 1.13, we are transferred out of Satan's kingdom into Christ's kingdom. And uh, so Canaan's land is a type of us inheriting all that the New Testament promises us, which God has paid for at the cross. Now, some folks think Canaan is a type of heaven. Uh, it really can't be a type of heaven because there were giants they had to conquer in Canaan. And there's no giants in heaven. No, the giants we conquer is down here, and our inheritance is all that Christ purchased for us on the cross, which we have to claim, claim, because it belongs to us. It's due to us. Just like we claimed our healing today. You see that? It belongs to us. It's paid for by his stripes who were healed, as you heard David saying tonight. So now, God guided them by that cloud in the day. Big cloud. That was the Spirit of God. And the cloud provided protection from the hot sun in the desert, scorching hot summer days. And at night, the pillar of fire provided warm heat for the cold nights in the desert because it cooled down a lot at night. And, of course, they could then follow the cloud by day or by night and be traveling wherever the Holy Spirit wanted them to travel. That's a type of us being ready to travel with the Holy Spirit today. And He doesn't stand before us like a white cloud. He's in us, which is far better, right? So all three million had to keep their eye on that cloud. And if it went off and they weren't paying attention, they'd be a, have a problem. But now the Holy Ghost is in us, right? Much better. All right, we see this Exodus 13, 21, as I said. The Lord guard them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. That way they could travel wherever, wherever whether it was by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from their sight. Now, I've got two pictures I'd like to show you. The first one is a picture of the cloud by day. This is an artist's impression, okay? No one was out there with a photograph a few thousand years ago. You know what I'm saying? No one had a camera back there in those days. So this is a picture of a drawing, a drawing, hand drawing. And um, if you look carefully here, you'll see three million people. Can you see that? Wave at me if you can see that. Okay. And uh, somewhere in there is Moses. But that glory is the presence of God following the cloud in the daytime. Then we show you another picture of them at night. Okay, so this is the three million people camped. There's a fire at night, keeping them all warm and providing light. Can you see that? 
Okay, so that's the idea. Now, all this is in my book on how to recognize the voice of God. There's pictures too and other pictures. Now, according to the scriptures, their clothes never wore out. For 40 years traveling through the wilderness, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. They received food from heaven. Manna fell from heaven. According to Exodus 16, verse 31, Exodus 16, verse 31, we're not going to go there now. But according to Exodus 16, verse 31, you can write it down. Manna fell from the sky. Food. And it filled the whole area where they were staying. When they woke up in the morning, it was there. It tasted like honey cakes. It tasted like honey cakes. Provided for them carbohydrates and nutrition for the day. Full, packed full with nutrition. Vitamins, minerals, enzymes and all that. Good stuff. And then at night time, as the sun was setting... Millions of birds flew into the camp, quail. They flew across and they had to just catch them in the air and then cook them and eat them, roast them with fire and eat them. And uh, so God provided the protein at night and the carbohydrates in the morning. And that happened for 40 years while they were in the wilderness. They were protected from snakes, from spiders, from scorpions, and all the wild, dangerous things there are out in the desert. And the water came out of a rock. Have a look at that picture of the rock. Now, this is right at Mount Sinai. There you see the folks standing next to the rock. Now, that rock was one big piece, according to the Bible. And when Moses touched the rock, it split down the center and millions of gallons of water came gushing out the center of that rock, and it filled a vast valley. It filled a vast valley, this beautiful, crystal, clear water. It became a huge lake for three million people to drink out of, plus all their animals were carrying all their things. Enough water for everybody to drink from. And that was right at the foot of Mount Sinai. So, the amazing thing about this is, when they followed that cloud, they had all their needs met. All their needs met. And if they decide they're not going to follow the cloud anymore, they're just going to camp out where they were, and everybody who left, their clothes and water wear out, they'd have no water, no protection from the heat, or from the hot summer. The cold, the cold winter night in the desert. No protection from deadly snakes and scorpions. No food to eat. They're starved to death. So God's telling us that if we don't follow the Holy Ghost, we're going to be in a mess. But if we do, we'll be blessed. The, the difference between winners and losers in Christianity is those that follow and those that don't. Those that know and those that don't. Every need we have, God has an answer to it. If we'll just listen to the Holy Ghost, He'll tell us what to do. Are you out there, church? Or are you all gone home? Okay. Now I'll show you another picture. 
This was their journey from Egypt to Canaan. Now, I've searched many maps, many maps, to find the correct journey. Because 95% of all the maps show them coming down here. Children of Israel from Goshen, Goshen in Egypt coming down here. That's wrong. Now, they could have gone straight across. They could have. There's the Dead Sea. There's the Sea of Galilee. They could have gone like that. Jerusalem's right there. There's Jericho. It's right close to Jerusalem. I mean, they could have gone there, right? But you know what God did? He took the children of Israel all the way down here. When they got here in the, this V-shaped area, the Pharaoh and the Egyptians said, these guys are lost. They're lost. They don't know how to get to Canaan. Let's go get them. He took his 600 chariots, his army, and he marched out there with his entire army to go and kill them, slaughter them. God set that trap for them. He set that trap because he wanted to conquer their army. You see, folks have said to me, how come God hardened the heart of Pharaoh? Does that mean that God will harden some hearts and not others? That God chooses who gets saved and who doesn't? No. God knows who is not interested in him. God knows whose heart is stone cold toward him. God knows who has seared their conscience. Everybody has a conscience, saved or unsaved. God knows those who have seared their conscience in sin and lies and cheating and all that and stealing. He knows. And so when, when a person's made that decision to reject God altogether, then he can use them, can harden their hearts and make them do stuff for him, for his own glory. That's what he did with Pharaoh. You understand that? So, Pharaoh came down there. And uh, they came down here and they crossed the Red Sea. Now, where they crossed the Red Sea, um, explorers have found right there, they're directly under the water, only about 20 feet down, 30 feet down. There is like a raised area. It's like a water, like a highway under the sea. A raised area, a few hundred feet wide, all the way across the ocean. And the rest is very deep on both sides. And they walked across there. God parted the sea right there, right where it was. The water cross, and the sea closes on the army of Egypt. Now, according to Galatians 4.25, the Bible tells us that the Sinai mountain is in, right here in, um, in um, Arabia. Arabia. Arabia, there it is. Sorry, too close to the screen. So, um, so the... Um, Sinai Mountain is right in Arabia. Now, some, po some, some folks put the, 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 
Mansana over here. That's not Arabia. So the Bible said it's in Arabia. That's not Arabia. And you can see that if you write this down, you can go to Galatians 4.25. It says that the Mount Sinai was in Arabia. You got it? Write that down. Arabia is on the east side of the Red Sea. That's where that is. So now, so they found when they, when they went under the, under the water, they found chariot wheels, found chariots, steel chariots, and all sorts of stuff down there to show that's exactly where they crossed. Now then, the Holy Spirit depends, deeply desires to guide us through life as well today. He deeply desires it. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 from the New Living Translation, all these events happened to the children of Israel as examples for us. All these events happened the children of Israel as examples for us. In other words, what God is saying, He took those Israelites on that journey. He took Abraham and Joseph to Egypt. They multiplied to three million and He brought them back to Canaan. And whole things, all types and shadows. And God did that to them and for them for our benefit for today. Amen. That's what that scripture just said when I read to you, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. All these things, these events happened to the children of Israel as examples for us. It happened to them to be a teaching, a teaching, an example for us today. Now, you can go get my book on the blood covenant and I'll go, that book is full of types and shadows explaining the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they hard marries. Because the Old Testament is actually the New Testament hidden away. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And all that unfolds in the Blood Covenant book. So what I'm talking about here is in that book. Okay, now, John 16, 13. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And He will tell you things to come. So we see when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth and He will tell you things to come. That means He will guide you and tell you the future. That's talking about us today. Jesus said that would happen. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, New Testament. The Bible said, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. So the, man, the, the human being cannot tap into or understand what God has for us today and in eternity. We cannot figure it out. There are people without Christ trying to find God all the time. They can't. They can't find God except through Christ. They want to search the stars to find out where we came from. I mean, they think we came from a monkey. It was a big bang, and then there was a monkey. When I hear that, I think, you're right. You're the monkey. You are the monkey. Teacher. 
You're right. Okay. No eye has seen, no ear heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Not only in heaven, down here too. But we know these things because God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. So that God sent the Holy Spirit to reveal to me all His wonderful blessings that He has for me to enjoy now and in eternity. If it, was, if it wasn't for now, then why did He send the Holy Spirit now? You should just wait till we get to heaven. If it was only for heaven, then why send the Holy Spirit now? Wait till we get there, then we'll figure it out. We'll find out. No, it's for now too. Verse 12. And God has actually given us His Spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. It's a gift. The wonderful things God has freely given us. Child of God. Say this, I have the Holy Spirit in me so that I can know about the wonderful things that God has freely given to me. We can see why the Holy Spirit is so important to the believer. In Isaiah 50 verse, five, verse 4, Isaiah 50 verse 4, Old Testament, New Living Translation, morning by morning, God opens, uh, God awakens me and opens my understanding to His will. Morning by morning, He awakens me and opens my understanding to His will. Say that every morning, God reveals to me His plan for the day. Just say it and see what happens. John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you His sheep? How many of you belong to Jesus? Okay. Then He said you know His voice. Don't tell me I don't know the voice of God, because you, either you or Jesus is lying, he said you do, you say you don't. Which one's true? Why don't we just work with what Jesus said? He said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So say that then. Say, I believe, I hear the voice of Jesus, my shepherd, and I follow him. Because he said I do. Amen? Let's just settle that. Just believe what he said. Don't fight it. Now, if we really want to press into God and have supernatural God-given dreams, pray in tongues for an hour before you go to sleep. Write that down. When we tune into the Holy Spirit and follow His guidance, He will bless us as we have just seen God bless the Israelites. He'll bless us and He'll work through us if we'll follow Him that simple. He will change our lives, and He will change many lives through us. With many souls, He will bring them to Christ through us. Ruined lives that have no hope will be restored through us. Say that with me. He will change many lives, change many lives. 
win many souls to Christ and ruin lives that have no hope, He will restore them. All of that the Holy Spirit can do through me. Well, he will work miracles and bring physical healing to people. Called Romans 15, verse 18. The Bible says, I brought the Gentiles to God. Now, this is Paul writing. The wonderful, amazing Paul. Paul the Apostle wrote more than half, actually three quarters of the New Testament. He built more churches than all the other apostles combined. And... Um, just an amazing man. And this is what he says in Romans 15, 18. I have brought the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I live before them. The Gentiles, that is everybody who's not a Jew. Now, you know, the Jewish nation is a small amount of people. They were Christians in those days. But the Gentiles is vast. Paul says, I brought the Gentiles. Through Christ, through my message, and by the way I live before them, I have won them over. Now watch this. I've won them over by the miracles done through me. I've won the Gentiles over to Christ. How? By the miracles done through me as signs from God, all by the power of God's Spirit. All by the power of God's Spirit. So Paul acknowledged that the miracles were done to bring people to Christ by the Holy Ghost in his life. Can we see that, child of God? The same Holy Ghost that lived in you lives in Paul. And if he can do that through Paul, he can do it through you. Same Holy Ghost. Let's just turn him loose. How? Know something about him. That's how. Understand how he works. So we can work with him. Amen. Amen. By the miracles done. Say this, miracles and healings are a sign to the unsaved that bring them to Jesus. So go out here this week, find friends and family, and tell them miracles are happening at CFC San Antonio. Come and see. Can you do that? Yes. How hard is that? Not hard. Say with me. Miracles, Miracles. are happening at CFC. at CFC. Come and see. Come and see. Hmm? That could be a song. You want to sing it? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew 10.1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power or anointing of unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So Jesus gave the disciples power or anointing. Now this same Holy Spirit that we receive can do the same miracles that happened to the disciples. Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus, before he went up in the clouds, said, I want, he spoke to the whole church, the whole body of Christ. There were at that time 120. So go wait in the upper room, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
the same power. Then 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul says to his son in the faith, Timothy, Therefore I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I laid hands on you, Timothy, and the Spirit of God came upon you and entered you. Now stir up that gift that's in you. Stir it up. Evidently, Timothy received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues when Paul laid his hands on him. Now Paul tells him to pray in tongues and stir up this gift. The Amplified Bible says it this way, 2 Timothy 1.6, Fan the flame of and keep burning the gracious gift of God that is in you. Fan the flame of and keep burning the gracious gift of God that is in you. See, child of God, we've got to fan the flame of this. It's like a fire that's going out. Fan it, it'll come back. How do I fan the flame of God in me? How do I fan this gift of God that's in me? How do I stir up this anointing of the Holy Ghost in me? I'm going to give you seven simple principles. Write them down. Seven simple principles. How to keep the fire burning in your heart and keep the Holy Ghost in you, burning bright and ready to work, ready to do the miracles. You ready? Write them down. Principle number one. Very important. Very important. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in other tongues. Pray in your heavenly language. Pray. Don't just pray when you feel like it. Pray because you discipline yourself. You discipline yourself. Whether you feel like it or not. There's sometimes I don't feel like it. But I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to do it. Right? There's lots of things we do in life because we know they're right. We know they're good for us. Sometimes you don't feel like doing them. Right? Sometimes you don't feel like eating good food, but you have to eat good food. You have to eat healthy food. And well, if I had my way, I'd just live on, on, on ice cream and brownies and hot fudge. But it doesn't work like that. As much as I'd like to. I used to go, seriously, I used to go to Chewy's restaurant many years ago and get two chocolate brownies, double ice cream, double a hot fudge on the side, and pour it on a big plate and eat it all. Math, uh, Micah knows exactly what I'm talking about. I guess he did the same thing. I'd walk out there fine. I'd have lunch and dessert in one meal. Brownies. No more. Those days are gone forever. I don't know when last I had a chocolate brownie with ice cream and fudge, hot fudge. Those days have changed. Come to my senses. <laughs> and if you came to your senses. Some of you, three of you. Okay, fine. <laughs> the rest of you still eating chocolate brownie ice cream. Okay. <laughs> Right. So there are certain things we do because we know they're right to do, right? Eat your vegetables. Eat your carrots. 
Go have carrot cake. <laughs> Only kidding. Only kidding. <laughs> I'm having my vegetables. I'm having carrot cake. Okay, number two. Worship the Father in tongues. Worship the Father in tongues. Now, you know, I find when I pray in tongues, then after a while, now you pray in tongues however you long you want to, but I like to pray two hours a day in tongues. And then after I spend time praying in tongues, I just bubbles up in me, I start to worship God in the Spirit. I just, I just feel like it just happens. It just rises up. I start singing, Praise you, Father, I worship you. I love you, God. I worship you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Father. I worship you in Jesus' name. And I just sing in tongues and worship God like that. I like to do that when I'm showering, especially. Driving my car alone. Wherever I am, in, the, in my study. You'll find that'll just happen automatically. So you do that. See? Do that. When you finish praying in tongues, it'll just come up out of you. Number three. And you might want to pray 15 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever. When I started out praying in tongues, I used to pray 15 minutes. And I felt like I'd spent eternity praying. Now, of course, that's only starters. Number three, read the Word of God because faith is necessary in life. Faith is necessary in life. And there's only one way to get faith. Where is that? The Word of God. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Faith is the shield that quenches every attack of the devil. Every attack of the devil. Number four, always give the Lord Jesus and the Father the glory. So this is not difficult stuff to do. Pray, read your Bible, and praise God for whatever happens. I mean all the good things. Number five, let us be bold to move in faith and minister to people's needs. Especially if we sense the Holy Spirit leading us to do so. Always be bold. Wherever I go, if I hear about a person who has a problem, I look to my heart. You want me to minister with them? Yes. Okay, fine. I pray for them. I pray for them. I even prayed for a doctor. I went to the dentist, went to Dr. Paul's, Paul, Paul Wilkie's office. My teeth done, cleaned and checked. And the doctor that was checking me out, I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing fine, but full of pain. I had a car wreck a few years ago, and I just suffer so much. So I prayed for her. God totally healed her, straightened her out, fixed her bones, everything right there. She was so excited, got healed. Lady about 60 years old. When you're at the restaurant, somebody tells you across the table, they have a problem, check your heart. I've done that many times. Just hold my hand. And they hold my hand. I said, now receive the healing power of God. And they get healed sitting at the table in a restaurant. Why wait? Right? Power of God's in you. Amen. Oh, yeah, church. Are you all gone home? It's getting awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. And somebody came to me one day and said, I didn't know we were Presbyterian church. Are we not? I'm just saying that. 
Number six, it's much easier to hear his voice after praying in the Spirit for a while. Say that when I pray in tongues, it's much easier to hear God's guidance. Number seven, walk in the love of God. Make sure we will live in a life of forgiveness. Don't ever allow resentment and unforgiveness to be in our heart. Walk in love. If you walk out of love, you're walking out of God because God is love. Amen? Say this, please. I am a supernatural being. I am a spiritual being. God is a spirit. And I am created in His image and likeness. And like a duck in water, I need to operate in the realm of the spirit because that's what God made me. He made me a spirit being. We get so caught up in the natural, we think that's all we are. No, we are primarily a spirit being living in the physical body. Charles Finney. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. It's in my book on how to pray, page 182. Charles Finney and Father Nash. Charles Finney was a lawyer and became an evangelist. And uh, he was very, very anointed. Very anointed. When he started out his ministry as a young lawyer, uh, preaching evangelist, an elder man took a shine to him and said to him, Charles, I want to pray for you with your permission. I'd like to go ahead of you to any town that you're going to go visit and preach in. And I'd like to get a team of people who know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, maybe three, four, five, six people in every town I go to, you go to. Before you get there, two, three weeks before you arrive, and I want to have a prayer meeting with them every day, get a hotel room or something, and we'll come together and pray from morning till night till we fall asleep, come praying next day. Praying for you and for your crusades. Is that okay? Absolutely. So off you went. Well, he arrived in a little town, walked down the street, and as they're walking down the street, people start falling out in the power of God. Plop, plop, plop. He went to the store. Plop, plop, plop. It was out. He went to a factory. The factory stopped working because everybody's lying on the ground. Conveyor belts working. There's no one working. Everybody's on the floor. He started to preach and he said to the people sitting in the trees, I'm going to start preaching now. Get out the trees. Because he preached in the open fields many times. Get out the trees, because when I start preaching, you're going to fall out the trees. Some of them didn't listen. He stopped preaching. They fell out the trees. Most evangelists have 20% of their converts stay serving Jesus at the end of the day. Charles Finney had like 80% of his converts. Even the best in the world had 20%. Charles Finney had 80%. They would run to the altar, screaming, I'm burning, I'm burning. And fall on the floor and get your life to Jesus. I'm on fire, I'm on fire, I'm burning, I'm burning. Give your life to Jesus. And then one day, Father Nash went home to be with the Lord. And they buried him in an old time, tiny town 
Natal Cemetery, way north of New York, close to the Canadian border, there's a stone, a tombstone that says, um, Father Nash, your last Father Nash, intercessor for Charles Finney on his tombstone. The day he passed, the anointing lifted off Charles Finney's ministry. No one got saved. People never fell out in the power. He tried. Nothing happened. He gave up the ministry. Charles Finney gave up preaching. Went back to law. Isn't that amazing? Amazing story. We don't understand. We haven't grasped the benefit of praying in tongues. And I can tell you as I stand here right now, my wife and I can tell you, if I didn't know how to pray in tongues, we wouldn't have 1,300-odd churches around the world with 200,000 people attending. We wouldn't have 84 Bible schools with three to 5,000 students attending. We would have none of this because none of it would have happened except for the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues. He brought this all to pass. I'm telling you that right now. As I stand here, that's the truth. Amen. All that I am and all that's happening is the Holy Ghost's work. Holy Ghost's work. Amen. All by the grace of God. Amen. So I thank God for this gift of being able to pray in the Spirit and spend time with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Did we learn anything here today? You glad you came to church? Yes. So next week I'm going to continue on with the subject of getting to know the Holy Spirit. We've got another subject to talk about. Also about the Holy Spirit though. Something else that we need to know. Alright? Now, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, I want you to come up the front quickly. You want to speak in tongues? Come up the front. Quickly. And I want the leaders of the small groups to come up with me. Help me. Is anybody else wants to speak in tongues here tonight? Okay. What's your name, honey? Stacy. Now, Stacy, um, have you told anybody, a friend of yours, anywhere about Jesus? Yes. Now, when you did, was that you speaking? Sometimes you sense God helping you, but you speaking. Right. He didn't rattle your tongue in your mouth, right? You did the talking, but God helped you. Right? That's how speaking in tongues is. It's exactly the same. The Bible says they spoke in tongues. As the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit helped them. It's like they witnessed, told them about Jesus, as the Holy Spirit helped them. Like I preach as those would help me. It's exactly the same. All right, you ready to receive? It's a free gift. You ready? Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to pray this little prayer with me. Ready? Say this. Dear Jesus, I receive from you now your gift, the Holy Spirit, to fill me right now 
In Jesus' name. There it is. Now close your eyes. There it is. Now he's fooled you. Now look at me. So I've got it. Now, we're all going to pray in tongues, and you're going to pray with us. Out to loud. Okay? You ready, everybody? On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's pray. Praise you, Jesus. 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 Praise God. Look at me, honey. Look at me. So what happened to you? Are you happy? I guess it's a Papa Catholic, right? <laughs> okay, you go and rejoice and keep praying in tongues. You're going to sing the band of Mother's Day. Okay. <laughs> all right, all of you that need prayer, I want you to come up here, please. Thank you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Would you come forward, dear brother? Degenerative issues with your vertebrae? Nerve uh, pain in in my hip and my leg. Pretty constant pain for the last five years. Is your spine crumbling? Is that what it is? Yes. Also, uh, pretty good uh, scoliosis. And it's also bent. Yeah. My neck, top to bottom. I believe the Lord. Totally new spine. Okay. Now, you know, uh, last week we had somebody similar here last Sunday morning. The Lord straightened his spine out and healed them. I don't know if you heard about it. Have you been here before? We, I know we visited uh, a couple of times with our friends. Okay. Um, yeah. we Can live I have up two chairs, please? What's your name? David. David. And this is your? Your wife. And you came for what, Sarah? I have osteoporosis and my bones are just weak. Osteoporosis, I believe bones I'm are weak. And okay. And do you have um, pain in your body as well? No. No. So how do you know that you're diagnosed? Diagnosis. Okay. And you, dear brother, what's your your situation? Um, in 2018, I had surgery in my shoulder. You had surgery in your shoulder. And I guess it's uh, coming back, and also I have my back issues. Just speak a bit louder. Put that microphone closer. I had back issues and I had shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. And it's still painful now? Mm-hmm. It didn't work for you? No. And you're back? Yes. Okay. And how long ago did you have that surgery in your shoulder? Uh, 2018. 2018. Okay. So what I'm going to do here, for all three of you, 
Starting with you, I'm going to put you in that chair. If you don't mind. Sit square in the chair, right? Sit straight. And um, so I want you to make sure that your back is straight up in that chair. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up your legs, right? You give me your legs and I measure them. Okay? To see if there's one, if they're the same length. Because very often, if one leg is shorter than the other, that causes a problem in the spine. So I want to ask the Lord to lengthen the short leg now and then heal your spine, straighten it out. Okay? And uh, you'll feel it growing. You'll feel the power of God come on you. It's like a warm heat comes on you. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he healed everybody that came to him. That's true, right? Never turned anybody away. How many of those folks do you think deserved healing? Huh? Zero. And he healed them all. Thousands. It's true, right? The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible said where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. True? He's here right now. The healer. Give me your leg, brother. Okay, turn your toes out, put your heels together. Now, can you see one leg is sticking out past the other? Can you see that? Which one is shorter? Now, did you know about that? Doctor may have said that. Okay. Yep. So now we're going to ask the Lord to lengthen it. You're going to feel it growing. Okay, when you say thank you, Jesus, it's not growing. Now, keep your eyes on that heel. Thank you, Jesus. Is that the same now? It is. Yeah. It's the same now, right? Looks like it. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, now, the same power that lengthened that leg is going to straighten your back. Now, you're going to feel your back moving just like your leg moved. All right, you ready? Here comes that warm heat. It's getting hot in your back right now. There it is. That warm heat is going up your back. Feel your back moving. God's strengthening your spine. There it is. All the pain is melting away. There you are. All the pain is gone. Now lift your hands up and say thank you for what he's done for you. Okay, now I want you to stand up over there. Move around. Touch your toes. Do what you couldn't do before. You find out you're perfectly healed. Twist, twist and turn. Now tell us what the Lord's done for you. Microphone. Tell us what Jesus did. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm just so thankful. I've been, I've been so um, stiff and in pain, constant pain. And uh, Lord, I just, I trust you. I believe you, Lord, have that uh, more than able resurrection power inside of me to heal, to restore, and I believe, Lord, that you touch my body. Amen, Lord. So tell Amen. me, where's Thank the pain you. gone, brother? Oh, there may be some residue there. <laughs> okay. But I, but I haven't touched my toes in 
Okay. Forever. Okay, so now tell me. Amen. Lift your hands again. Say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Now, now move around again. I want you to be aggressive now. Come on, try and find that pain. You'll see it's all gone. Do some cartwheels. Okay, now I want you to touch the ground, touch the toes again. Stand up. Now tell me what happened. Well, my, my faith is soaring. I can well, tell no, you that. No, I don't want to sermon. I just <laughs> want to tell me. Tell me what happened. What did Jesus do for you? Amen. I'm already healed by his stripes. Okay, okay. but I, that's wonderful. Amen. I believe I feel... that. But now tell me what Jesus did right now. Where's the pain going? I still have some of that residue in my leftover in my right leg. So I mean, if I'm feeling something, I feel uh-huh. a little bit. There. Okay, so your pain was, let's say your pain was a 10, okay, out of 10. Yeah. Where is it now? Um, well, I'm sitting quietly over there. It was, it was. Where is it now? Just tell know, me that. It, where is it now? Yeah, how um, much out of 10 is it now? Oh, out of 10. Five? Five. Five, maybe. Yes, sir. Five, maybe. It gets, it's, it's weird moving around. I just, I'm, so you've asked me to touch my toes, and that's different than I've just been, you know, still reserved, holding back. And uh, so my heart was stirred when you were telling me and asking about how many deserved it. Zero, and uh, so there's 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 something the Lord is ministering to me right there in my heart about who's deserving, who's not, and what He wants to do in my life. I receive that absolutely. No, that's right what nothing to do with it. No, you, no. You, you, des- you deserve it because Jesus paid for Amen. it. That's the that's Amen. you must understand that, and it's a gift, right? Yeah. So you deserve it. You believe in Jesus? Amen. Of course you do. So you deserve it. Amen. So I want you to sit right here. I'm not done with you. <laughs> sit down here. I want to sort you out still. So I want you to sit down here. I'm not done with you. I like to see 100% healed. I think I have to work on you a little bit. Not the body. I have to work on this. <laughs> So let me fix that for you. <laughs> okay, come and have a look at this. What's your name? David, David yeah. David, come and stand here. Now, that's about one and a half, maybe even two inches short, right? Right? Can you see that? Did you know that? Where's the screen? Put up on the screen. You need to, you need to come right over the top. Thank you, Ian. Can you see that? Yeah, Did you know it was like that? Now you're going to feel a warm heat go throughout that leg and it's going to grow out. Now don't close your eyes. I want you to watch that leg grow. Okay. Say thank you, Jesus. There it comes. There it comes. There it comes. Is that the same? I'm pushing both legs, right? Is that the same? Yes. Thank you, Lord. 
Did you see that? Do you, do you believe you saw that? Just want to be sure. Want to see it again? <laughs> I just want to be sure. You want me to tell it? Must I tell the to go back where it was and do it over? Only kidding. Only kidding. All right, now, now that power is going up your back, right? You're going to feel that warm heat go up your back. There it goes. It's getting hot. That same power is going into that shoulder. It's getting hot. Right? Feel that heat? The rest of your body. Heat's everywhere now, all over you. All right? The Lord's done it for you. Lift your hands up. Now say thank you for what he's done. Praise God. Get up. Wave your arms around like a windmill. Wave your arms around like a windmill. Okay? Now tell us what Jesus did for you. Jesus healed me. Bend down, bend down, touch your toes. Twist and turn. Do some cartwheels. <laughs> this way. That way. Now tell us what Jesus did for you. Jesus healed me. All right. David, now your wife. What's your name, honey? Come on, Sarah, sit down. I'll check your legs. Can I do that? Pull that pants up a little bit there. Okay, now. Toes out. Your legs are pretty good. Maybe a little different there. Can you see that? Okay, say thank you, Jesus. Now watch your leg. There it comes. <laughs> okay. Now, the same power is going up your back, right? It's getting hot. Feel that? There it is. It's getting hot. All the pain's going away and God's healing you right now. There it is. Now lift your hands up and say thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me now. Are you me now? You're already healed. Yeah, get up. Try and find the problem. Be vigorous. Do whatever you couldn't do before. Couldn't what? Together. Couldn't hold your fist together. Because of the bones. I'm doing that now. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Come on over here. Come on, David, sit down. <laughs> Round two with you. Okay. So this time, this time I will receive all of it. Say that. I want to hear it. This time I All of it. And I'm going home perfectly well. You got it. Now we're in business. Now we're in business. Okay. All right, Father, I release the healing power of God to flow through this man. In the name of Jesus. There it is. All right, now that heat's flowing into your body. So thank you, Jesus. 
got it, David. Faith's working now. Faith is working now. There you go. All the pain is melting away. Praise God, praise God. And you've got it. Stand up. Now try and find the pain. The residue. <laughs> try and find the residue. Hoping for a little residue. No, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's not. Something's going on, huh? Okay, good. This <laughs> is something is God's healing power. <laughs> Do this, David. Okay. So, give the Lord the glory. Tell us what He did for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God has touched my back. I'm so thankful. Jesus, thank you for touching me, healing me, Lord. I feel complete. I know I am, Lord. I'm going home healed tonight. Amen. Amen. Now. If a devil tries to put any problem on you when you get home or tomorrow or next week, just say, ah, I'm healed and I'm resisting that. I'm staying healed. That's what you have to say. David, nice meeting you, man. Enjoyed the time. <laughs> One more person. Okay, this is Jan. You fell on your kneecap, Jan. Oh, my kneecap. Why did you I do don't. that? My shoes slipped. Sit down, yeah, Jan. You fell on your kneecap. When did you fall on your kneecap, Jan? When did you fall on it? Thursday. Did you go to the doctor? Did you go to the doctor? You got an x-ray? I don't have any broken bones. You have no broken bones. Just bruises. Uh-huh. Okay. Give me that leg. Is that sore? Is it painful when I'm holding it? I'm sorry. I'm, am I hurting you? No. No. Okay, so let your leg fall down. Let it fall. Relax it. Now you're going to feel a warm hit go up your leg to that knee. Right? Ready? Say thank you, Jesus. There it goes. All right, that knee's getting hot right now. The healing anointing of God touching your knee. There it is. Hmm. God's healing power is going through your knee. All that pain's melting away like a snowball in the middle of July. There it goes, it's all gone. All that pain's gone. Now, what I want you to do. I want you to get up and I want you to stand on that knee first. Now walk without your stick.
Now tell us what Jesus did for you. Heal my knee. Heal your knee. I have a little bit of soreness on the under the kneecap right there, right around. Still? Yes. You're not like David, are you? <laughs> Where's David? David? Where is David? Oh, he's a he went to the restroom. Okay. He's a team player. Okay. Now let's get back in the chair. Now just say thank you, Jesus. I've got it all. Tell us what Jesus did for you. What did he do? Tell us what Jesus did. I'm Tell sorry. us what the Lord did for you right now. Heal my knee. It took Heal. away the soreness and the pain out of my knee. And it was pretty bad, huh? It was bad. You couldn't walk with the stick hardly. Right. And now right. you're walking fine. I'm walking fine now. I can walk in no bad. I, I guess you're happy. I am happy. All right. Now, what's his name down there? Alfred, come on up here, Alfred. Now, we prayed for Alfred about two weeks ago. And um, now he's walking without his stick. He had a, a white stick, a blind stick. I don't know if you're anywhere you in that meeting, were you? Okay. So now, Alfred, put your finger on my nose. Now we're going to pray and God's going to give him more sight. We're going to just release the anointing and God's going to increase his sight even further, okay? You ready for that, family? Come closer to him, please, Alfred. Now, Alfred, I'm going to put my hands on your eyes. And you're going to feel that warm heat go into your eyes. And um, your eyesight's going to get even better than it, was, than it is right now. I'm praying for him again. I'm releasing the healing power of God to flow through his eyes again. Oh, here it comes. Say thank, say thank you, Jesus. Alfred, say thank you, Jesus. There you go. That warm heat's flowing into your eyes right now, healing your eyes, giving you 100% vision. Say thank you to Jesus. Both hands. Say thank you, Lord. I believe I can see. Now, tell me what you see, David. I mean, uh, Alfred. Tell me what you see. You see me? How good I look. Better answer that one properly. (laughs) 
trust what Jesus did for you today. He can't talk. He's just weeping. Yes, we all get grateful for things the Lord does to, for us, but when somebody gives you eyesight, I mean, how grateful can you be for that? Ready to say something yet? Doctors couldn't help you. Hey, Alfred, the doctors couldn't help you. Yes, sir. They couldn't. Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate all they do, but that man has their limits. So, what did Jesus do for you today, Alfred? He restored my sight. anything you want to say to Jesus right now? He's here. He's right here. Anything you want to tell him? I just want to say thank you, Jesus. I was blind. You can go take your seat, Alfred. I was blind, but now I can see.
name of Jesus. Receive right now. Say thank you, Jesus. What's going to happen now when I take my hands off your eyes? What will happen now when I take my hands off your eyes? I see clearly. Well, let's give the Lord some praise in the house, family. Laura's brother, have surgery. Father, I release the healing power of God in this cloth as it was in Acts chapter 19. The power of God will stand in this cloth and lay it on the sick and will heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you doing down there, David? <laughs> 